It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble. I guess he said that, right? This is Steve Noble. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. And uh, I am certainly doing well. And um, first week back at it for me as a teacher. So all eight in-person classes plus four online classes. I think it's like 224 students at this point. Uh, which is awesome and a huge praise for that. And if you have uh, sons and daughters, grandsons and granddaughters, age or grades eight through 12, it's not too late. It's just the first class. And these are all, uh, all, all three classes, U.S. history, world history and civics are two semesters and Christian ethics is one semester. So you only miss one class this week. So it's not too late to get involved. If you would like, uh, you can check that out. Uh, just go to the website nobleuschool.com noble you should know that part you as in university nobleuschool.com and then you can get all the information there would love to add you in or hey uh for my fellow old people uh you can audit if you're like wow steve i love the show i like what you have to say i bet your classes are great uh yeah they're they're (laughs) they're great and uh, God has done uh, great things there. I'm just an instrument, and the less of me, the more of him, the better it is. And so you can uh, you can audit. No homework. You don't have to get the textbook. You don't have to read. It's nice and easy, right? You can audit it, which means you're going to get the uh, new class video every week. So because I'm always talking about the news of the day and stuff, I can't can one of these classes and then sell them for the next 10 years online because I'm always referencing what's going on in the news, like uh, Trump indictment number four. And so in a year, uh, if you heard that in a lecture, you'd be like, uh, that wasn't that a year ago? Yeah, you, you would be correct uh, at the time. And so I teach in real time and, and incorporate the news of the day. So if you want to audit it, you can do that. You can get all that information at the website as well, nobleuschool.com, and you can be a part of that. Try and do, uh, get a hold of my buddy down at the North Carolina State Legislature. We were going to talk to uh, Matthew Winslow. We're just trying to get connected with him. And uh, because one of, the, one of my favorite things, well, it's become one of my favorite things here in the state, great state of North Carolina, is to watch our uber liberal, woke, progressive, empty suit governor, God bless him, uh, help him Lord, help the guy uh, come to know Jesus. Uh, one of the things that I enjoy uh, immensely is for the man to get publicly spanked by the conservatives at the North Carolina State Legislature. And that happened six times this week. Uh, not once, not twice, not three times, but six times the North Carolina General Assembly voted to override Governor Cooper's vetoes of six bills, including three really big ones uh, that uh, you and I uh, should be thrilled about, uh, which is the Parents' Bill of Rights, Fairness in Women's Sports Act, and Jan- Gender Transition, and all that mess with minors. And of course, Governor Cooper vetoed all those things, which are all good, good wholesome, logical, healthy, dare I say, God-honoring. And, of course, for Governor Cooper, which might as well have been Joe Biden or any of these other uh, liberals, uh, they, they 
Anything like that to them is anathema. Remember Isaiah, what are those who call good evil and evil good? And that's that's exactly what happens there. It's like standing out in front of an abortion clinic. They're killing babies on the inside, uh, using and abusing uh, women and the dads on the outside. And uh, the clinic workers and the volunteers on one side of the street and people like you and me on the other side of the street, and they look at you like you're the scum of the earth. You are, if there were a devil... Uh, to them, uh, you would be him. And so it's flipped completely upside down and inside out. And that's exactly what Governor Cooper does. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like his modus operandi, if it makes sense to us as a, a logical, decent Christian people. Uh, he's going to he's going to veto it. And so uh, let's go to our buddy, Matthew Winslow, who serves faithfully down at the North Carolina State Legislature. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. So I was saying at the beginning of the show, one of my favorite things now in North Carolina is watching Governor Cooper get spanked publicly when you guys uh, have the votes now to override his vetoes. So pretty awesome. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, And so six things there, and we can talk about all of them if you want, Matthew, but I know the Parents' Bill of Rights, Fairness in Women's Sports, and Gender Transition Dealing with Minors are three of the biggies from our kind of Christian conservative perspective. But uh, how do you feel about that? It's a pretty good week. It is a very good week. Um, it's disappointing that we have to go to those type of means instead of common sense. You know, people saying, well, is it, should a man really be allowed to play with a woman in sports? I mean, <laughs> in wrestling and boxing and, and any of those sports that are contact sports or, you know, things like swimming or tennis or anything else because men are physically stronger. And we're not saying that there aren't times when uh, women women um, can be uh, there, there are exceptions, but you know, let's take weightlifting for example. You had the Canadian powerlifter <laughs> yes. go in and say, uh, "I'm gonna go in, warm up for five minutes, and blow the women's record," you know, to bit right, just to say, right. "Look, you know, we know this is not right." So that yeah, that would have um, been like you showing up. And uh, saying, hey, hey, I'm going to compete. I'm feeling particularly feminine today. And you go in there and you just uh, stack them and rack them and you blow everybody out. And and the fact that we have a governor that would be like, oh, yeah, you can't stop that from happening. You can't hurt that guy's feelings. It's just ridiculous. And, and what a, what kind of coward wants to go participate <laughs> and know, know they can go in right. and win because they're physically stronger and there's no opportunity because they, they know they can never compete at a higher level in their own field, so they want to jump in and play against women just so they can win. That's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible, and, and uh, it's it's cowardly and or mental illness, uh, some mixture of those two. And and nobody wants to talk about that, Matthew. Nobody wants to say those things. And I don't see you know me well enough. I'm not saying that out of spite. I'm not saying that out of hatred. I'm not saying that out of uh, some kind of uh, high-minded Christian. Uh, I'm saved and you're not. That's just reality. It is what it is. It is. It's guys taking advantage of the, a current situation for whatever reason, or it's just flat, pl- flat out a mental illness. And we should care about those things, but you got to stand up for that, which you guys did. I'm going to put you on on hold, Matthew. We're talking to Matthew Winslow, uh, who serves down at the North Carolina State Legislature, and uh, we praise the Lord for that. And these big overrides of Governor Cooper's vetoes, like Matthew said, we shouldn't even have to do that. But they did, and they got it done, and we praise the Lord for that. This is Steve Noble and the Steve Noble Show. We'll be right back. 
Let's see. Try this one on for size. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble. Try this one on for size. Uh, one particular bill that the governor uh, vetoed uh, has three main components. Uh, first, it will prevent minors from receiving gender transition procedures, including puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and gender transition surgeries. Second, it would provide broad conscience protections for healthcare practitioners who did not wish to participate in these experimental procedures. And finally, it would prevent state taxpayer dollars from paying for any transgender procedures. Now, what do you think about something like that? Is that uh, Governor Cooper? Hey, what do you, what do you want to do with that one, sir? Uh, I'm going to veto that piece of garbage because that's uh, just dangerous and harmful to people what like like what what are you even thinking and that's the uh the sad and disgusting reality behind what we're talking about with our good friend matthew winslow by the way matthew uh i had a buddy come up to me after bible study this morning and he's steve hey man love the show i really enjoyed the show when you had that guy interviewed you and i'm like oh matthew winslow he goes yeah that was really a great show i said okay why why was that a great show uh he goes because i learned some things about you that i didn't know which was interesting because you're going to see things differently than I do, and you'll ask questions that I normally may, might not even think about. So that was cool. Thanks again for doing that, buddy. I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate you letting me do that. Absolutely. Plus, well, plus uh, it was fun to have my name up on, on the on the, uh, your, the TV screen there and on the prompter and everything. So. Your own show logo. That's pretty cool. That's right. Did, did you send, Did you show that to your whole family? Have you guys turned that into like a, an area rug yet for your family room? No, we didn't do that, but they did get a kick out of it. You know, I, I put my name on all my trucks and all the signs and stuff, and so they're like, of course they put your name up on the screen. So, Dad, yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, I'm running the same problem. What's the name of your show? Uh, it's the Steve Noble Show. Again. Move along. Uh, so we were talking about that one, Fairness in Women's Sports Act, and, and you referenced what happened up in uh, Canada, and, of course, Riley Gaines, who yeah. came down here uh, to speak about that. And that's just one of those things where you think, okay, that's a no-brainer. You shouldn't let a guy go compete with the women because nine times out of ten or 95 times out of 100, uh, he's got that advantage. So praise the Lord for that. And then you get into this gender transition, especially dealing with minors. And once again, the governor of North Carolina, Cooper, says, oh, no, we think you should be able to use children as lab rats. Uh, did this take much of a discussion amongst the Republicans in the North Carolina legislature? Or was this kind of a, yeah, this is a no-brainer. Let's uh, override the veto. It was a no-brainer, Steve. That, that was something that's like, uh, what's first on the agenda? Let's make sure that we're not experimenting on our children. Okay, great. What do we work on next? Um, <laughs> it is just. It's the truth. I mean, we all know that your, your brain doesn't even finish developing until you hit 25. Right, right. You know, and so we're sitting here talking about, well, at 25, is fine when your brain's finished developing. We're going to start experimenting with our children. And you hear these, the, the, really the sad part was when we started working on it. And, of course, the news media is like they're attacking us and saying that we're taking away parents' rights and all sort of kind of stuff and that we're harming children, causing mental illness, illness or anything. And we're going, wait a second. The data proves otherwise. The data proves that we should not be given hormone treatments or castrating our children or cutting off their sex organs um, and and taking that away from those children. Yeah. Because we heard story after story of children that didn't realize because they were children, because parents are supposed to be looking after their, their, their well-being. And as they've gotten older, realized that they can never have children, male or female. Neither right. one can ever right. be. Because of the decisions their children, their parents make for them, and according to the left's definition, my mother had three boys to start. She didn't have a, a girl until later on in life. So what she do? We were children. She paint. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and admit this one now. She painted her nails, and you know she thought it was fun. And my dad yeah. was like, "Have yeah. you lost your mind?" And you know she's like, "I'm gonna take it right <laughs> off. I'll never have girls, so it's no big deal." So according to their definition, 
you know, I should I should have been transitioned earlier right. than Right. Right, that's right. Well, that's a, I'm glad you brought up that the kids' uh, brains aren't fully developed until 25, and especially young uh, men. And that's the prefrontal cortex, by the way. And the prefrontal cortex is the thing that allows you to consider the consequences of your actions. And so that's why I was just talking about this in my classes this week. Matthew, you know this as a father, uh, that teenage boys, I'm like, you know, they're kind of like puppy dogs and they don't really think about what they're doing. And so when you have teenage boys that make really stupid decisions and do stupid stuff and you say, what in the world were they thinking that the truth, the truthful answer is they weren't. And that's that prefrontal cortex. And so why would you walk down the road of a 10 year old boy who's confused, has gender dysphoria or just part of the social contagion? And he's not thinking he doesn't have the ability to think on down the road. And then. Uh, so you're not going to sew into that. And then on the other part, you brought up Matthew, talking to Matthew Winslow in the North Carolina State Legislature. The other thing that you brought up is uh, the whole notion of parents' rights. Well, I don't think a parent has a right to abuse their child. And so we have laws against that. So, again, somebody like Cooper goes, oh, parental rights. Okay, I, you and I both know we, have no we have no idea, actually, how agonizing it must be as a parent to have a child who's dealing with this gender issue or gender dysphoria. That being said, uh, you have a lot of parents that are going down this road because they're desperate. They don't know any better. And, and they're actually going along with the abuse of their child because they can't really see clearly themselves. And so on, on one hand, Governor Cooper says, oh, we got, can't take away parents' rights. Uh, yeah, a parent doesn't have a right to to see their child abused. And and I, those are things, again, that are difficult to say that I don't enjoy saying it publicly, but it is the truth. And praise the Lord again that you guys are down there. And, and these are no-brainer things. Does, is it, does that ever cease to amaze you, what the left is willing to do and what Cooper's willing to veto? It's, it's, it's politics. It's not about common sense or what's best for our citizens. It's just politics is what it boils down to. Yeah, and it's always uh, ideology over reality. There were a couple other ones. Just, just speak to this real, real kind of generally. Two, two of the overrides were with, with respect to charter schools. Uh, do, does the governor have a problem with the charter school system? Because I think that's a great alternative to the regular public school. Yeah, they see it as an attack on public schools, and it's not an attack on public schools. What it is is an alternative for children that need some type of different type of learning. We have schools that teach Mandarin. You know, doesn't mean they're not learning math and science and this, you know, but it's an alternative school that you can send your child to and stretch your brain. Uh, we are we are told that you're supposed to sit in a row and everybody's supposed to learn the same and boys learn the same as girls. And, I, you know, I learn different from my brother and my sister right. learns different from from me. You know, we're all different. And what it's giving is opportunities. And especially in areas where the school system never gets better than a D or F score. OK generation after generation of school yeah. system is not improving charter school comes in and says we want to provide a different environment to learn and to do well these are the areas that we're trying to help and so but that's not what gets put in the news we guess it puts the news is what we're trying to do is defund public schools right. it's the opposite <laughs> the republicans have put more money in the public school system than the democrats ever have wow. total dollars and percentages we've given teacher raise every year since we've been in office We've helped bridge the gap between the urban areas and the rural areas. Mm. For the first time ever, uh, last session, uh, two and a half years ago, I, was, I got to be part of the first year that we put money in a capital budget to build school in low-income areas that they apply and the state the state uh, will, will provide the funding for it. Typically, it's fallen on 
the local government. And if yeah. you're in very poor areas like eastern North Carolina or out in the mountains, they don't have the funds to do it. They got nothing. We provided that avenue, you know. So what it is, again, is, is, is a push on politics. They don't share the reality of what we're doing. And we are shoring up a system that Democrats had for 100 years. That's right. And we have finally started to put the right investments out there. And the other part of it is, Steve, you heard me say it before. We should give the choice to the parents. We can That's go to right. a grocery store. We have five grocery stores <laughs> in every corner, but I can't right. choose which school I go to because yeah. of my zip code. Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. What a great point. Matthew, God bless you, brother. Thank you for your work down there. Get out there and sell some homes. Have a great weekend. I appreciate you, pal. Thanks for me. All right, buddy. We'll talk again later. We'll see you. Have a great weekend. We'll be right back. Woke up this morning and I heard the news. I know the pain of a heart I wish this song hadn't played today. It's bad timing. Uh, why is it bad timing, Steve? I'm so glad. Thanks for asking. Because uh, we're taking our youngest off to college tomorrow for her freshman year. So. Some hearts are going to be breaking tomorrow, and uh, you know sorry, this is the last of four, and so we're moving into that uh, empty nesters world. And it was funny; I was talking to a friend not that long ago about empty nesting, and they were talking about their experience with empty nesting, and they said, "Yeah, I had talked to somebody else about empty nesting, and was like, you know, was it really difficult? Was it, was it you know really hard to see him go?" And he's like, uh, "This guy, the other the other parent he was talking to was like, yeah, you know what? It it really was." Uh, we were very sad. We were very weepy. It was kind of this huge change of season. But, you know, about 45 minutes later, we were fine. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, is, what's that? Is that do I hear an amen out there? Yeah. Isn't that funny? You we love them to death, would die for them, do anything for them for the most part. And when they and when they're moving out and they leave, we have one on the West Coast in San Francisco. Thanks a lot, Hayden. And then we have Amelia up in Manhattan. Thanks. Thanks, Padu. And then Clay's still in town and, and then Caroline. And she'll as soon as she finishes school, she'll probably be D.C. or New York or something. She has no interest in staying in the Raleigh area. And and we're like, uh, yeah, thanks. But it, it that this is the design, is it not? Uh, God did not design us to stay with mom and dad. And eventually, if you get married, leave and cleave, you're out of here. Uh, and so that's just part of the deal. But, you know, it's. If you've, if you've been there, and most of you have, you know that it's a double-edged sword. So that'll be going on. It's already been going on a little bit, but especially tomorrow. So uh, there you go. Oh, I had to hear that depressing song. Thanks a lot for that. All right. So one thing I didn't talk to Matthew about, but I texted him, and, and uh, he said there's some great movement on the Opportunity Scholarships, which were uh, started in North Carolina, where literally the dollar, the money goes with the kid. Okay. I think that's the easiest way for most of us to understand that. The money goes with the student. And so now you're empowering, especially parents whose kids are stuck in really bad schools, inner city schools. Uh, they, they just don't have any options, right? You're stuck. You're stuck in the system. You're stuck getting uh, served up a lousy education. There's nothing you can do about it. And a lot of people that suffer under that load the most don't have the money to even consider uh, any other options, including homeschooling, because they got a, both people or moms out working and, and she can't stay home and homeschool. It's just impossible. So the Opportunity Scholarship started uh, a couple of years ago here in North Carolina, they're increasing the numbers, they're lowering the restrictions. And so now it's going to be kind of based on income and a sliding scale. So you can get, I mean, this is, these are thousands of dollars. I think it can go as high as like $6,000 or something per student. So if your uh, kid's stuck in a terrible inner city school or whatever the situation is, and you're like, I, 
I would really love to send them to a private school. I just can't afford it. Well, you might be able to now. And uh, you could use it for private school. Now, don't tell anybody. Shh, be cool. but keep this just between the two of us. Okay, don't let the cat out of the bag here. But you can use the money at a, at a, at a Christian school, too. <gasps> Did I just say that? Sorry, Mr. President. Yeah, you can use the money at a Christian school, Christian private school. You can use the money here in North Carolina where we're so backwards. We're so neo, uh, we're like neo, kind of neolithic. We're so old school. We're so messed up with what we do to our kids because we allow folks like, I I guess like me uh, and my wife to homeschool. And you can even use that money. It's where we're going here to use that money for homeschooling. Because there's a little secret for you that a lot of people aren't aware of, especially when you get to the high school level of homeschoolers, which is all my students. Uh, You know, it's not free. At the high school level, you farm a lot of stuff out. You do it online. You got it like here in Raleigh. We have all kinds of amazing teachers and co-ops and programs out there. But like you take my class, so a two-semester class with me is going to cost you about 500 bucks. Now you take uh, five classes in a semester or a year, it's 2,500 bucks plus books and everything. You might spend 25, three, 3,000, 3,500 bucks uh, per student in high school as a homeschool family. So there's dollars there. So he praised the Lord for what the uh, Republican Party is doing in North Carolina. I, 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 I'm not praising the Lord across the board. They got a 12-week abortion uh, ban done. It should have been a heartbeat bill, but they didn't. Uh, I disagree with them there. And uh, I'm, I'm not throwing down. I vote Republican, but that doesn't <laughs> take them out of the crosshairs if I think they're doing wrong. Uh, I'm going to say it. You should be the same way. Nobody uh, should escape the hot spotlight of truth and the application of biblical truth. So just remember that. But we praise the Lord for all the things going on there. So I mentioned this the other day that uh, this coming Monday at 11 o'clock, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, Donald Trump was going to come out. And uh, he said he's got uh, conclusive evidence showing what was going on. I think this is what he said specifically. I shared this the other day. A quote, a large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud, which took place in Georgia, is almost complete and will presented, be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. on Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey. I'm talking about this coming Monday. Based on the results of this conclusive report, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be a complete exoneration. All caps. Da, 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 da. Uh, remember last week, this is from the article, when former President Trump pledged that he was going to release a spectacular new report. A new report? Yeah, never mind. The author of this article writes... Surprise, surprise, the report and press conference will not be forthcoming, at least not anytime soon. Trump now says his lawyers would prefer to put all of this bombshell evidence in legal filings. Rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 presidential election on Monday, my lawyers would prefer putting this as Trump. My lawyers would prefer putting this, I believe, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight to dismiss this graceful indict this, this, this disgraceful indictment, sorry, by a publicity and campaign finance-seeking DA who sadly presides over a record-breaking murder and violent crime area, Atlanta. Therefore, the news conference is no longer necessary. Back to the author of this particular article. Even if you believe that this large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable evidence exists and that it had only uh, come to light recently, you figure a man who wants to be president again would want to talk it over with his lawyers before he announced that he was going to show it to the world. And even if you needed to use it... 
uh, in a legal defense or some forthcoming lawsuit, you figure a man who wants to be president again would want to give some sense of what this bombshell, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence is instead of continuing to assert that he's got irrefutable proof that validates all of his claims, but no one is, is allowed to see it yet. Or, you know, that irrefutable evidence maybe doesn't exist. All right. So that does that. Did, did, did I just trigger you? Are you done? Steve, I'm so sick of your Trump bashing. Is, is, is that what you're thinking? Is that, is that where you're at right now? Uh, I'm just reading to you an article. Uh, to me, in my world, my way of thinking, it is a little comical that he comes out and says, here it comes. And then he says, oh, sorry, uh, now my lawyers tell me I shouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's playing for high. This is high stakes poker all over the place. And it, to me, it's a like, <laughs> yeah, you, you should have figured that out before you put this out there. But then there is an interesting little thing in here uh, when you read this carefully. And I try to do that. Uh, uh, rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 presidential election, this was Trump on Truth Social. Uh, my lawyers would prefer putting this, I believe, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence that uh, election fraud and ir- irregularities and formal legal filings, et cetera, et cetera. I believe. And tr- does Trump, this will be a part of the case down in Georgia, by the way. Does Trump believe uh, that he's got ironclad evidence? He does. And I don't know if you listen to some of the newly leaked phone calls between Trump and some of the Georgia officials, um, but, you know, it, it doesn't sound great for the former president. We'll see. And uh, time will tell. But we've been hearing this for a while, going all the way back to November of 2020. That you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. It's going to be March. He's going to be back in office. It's going to be April. He's going to be back in office. He's gonna, it's going to be June. He's still in charge. He signed that uh, presidential election thing back in 2018. He's still in charge. He's running the military. I'm like, oh, if he's charging, he's running the military, then he's doing a really lousy job. <laughs> if he's actually the president right now. And no, 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 no. He's just playing on so many different levels, Steve. You just wait and see. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm waiting. And, and if one day all that kind of stuff actually were to happen, I would come on the air that day or the next day and I would say, hey, look at that. By golly, you were right. And I was uh, laughing and I was mocking you and I thought that was ridiculous and there was never, never anything there. And we waited and we waited and we waited. And lo and behold, here it is. So I apologize to you uh, for uh, just looking down my nose at that and thumbing my nose at that. And you were right, and I was wrong, and I handled it poorly, and please forgive me. That's exactly what I would do, just so you know, if all that happened. Uh, but uh, I don't think Trump's playing 4D chess. I don't. I think he's a, uh, I think he did a great job with three quarters of his presidency. I think his fourth year And the COVID thing was a total train wreck. I've said that before. I'd lay that at his feet. He is the president. That's the deal. The buck stops with him, especially in his branch. And uh, he's narcissistic and he just wants everything his way. And we'll see. We'll see. You don't know everything and I don't either. The Lord does. I'm fine with that. But we'll see what happens. Okay. We'll see what happens. A couple more stories when we come back as we head towards the weekend and the debate next week and what Trump and Tucker Carlson are doing at the exact same time. We'll be right back.
Will you uh, be watching the debate next week? Wednesday night on Fox News. Every uh, A bunch of the Republican primary challengers will be there except for Donald Trump. So what will the former president be doing next Wednesday night when the Fox News debate starts? He won't be watching it. He will be doing a live interview on Twitter, now known as X, with Tucker Carlson. Uh, former President Donald Trump plans to skip the first Republican primary debate on Wednesday and will instead sit for an interview with Tucker Carlson. The debate night plan, first uh, reported by The New York Times, was finalized in recent days after Trump spent weeks crowd testing the question with campaign crowds and waffling on the topic in private discussions with advisors. The exact timing of the Tucker Carlson interview is still up in the air. No, it isn't. It's on the same time. But if the sit-down streams live on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, during the debate time slot, it could simultaneously strike a blow against Fox and diminish Trump's Republican primary opponents, all of whom are currently running well behind the front runner. Quote, Reagan didn't do it, and neither did others. People know my record, one of the best ever, so why would I debate, Trump wrote on Truth Social on Thursday. Counterprogramming the Milwaukee debate with a Trump sit-down would escalate Carlson's ongoing public feud with his former employer, Aha, which sent Carlson a cease-and-desist letter, Tucker Carlson, after he began streaming his interview show on X, an alleged violation of the Fox contract he remained subject to. Fox President Jay Wallace and CEO Suzanne Scott recently had dinner with Trump at his Bedminster golf course and urged the former president to attend the debate. The Times reported RNC chairwoman Rona, Rona McDaniel, she needs to be gone, has also reportedly pleaded with Trump to attend because they want ratings and raising money. In addition to Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. And they quote, you've heard his ads like. Okay, uh, North Dakota's one thing, sir. <laughs> President of the United States, another. Uh, Tim Scott, of course, Nikki Haley. Uh, <clears throat> we'll all have cleared the donor and polling threshold required to qualify to, for the debate stage. That's next Wednesday. While Christie is expected to train his fire directly on Trump, whether the former president is in attendance or not, the rest of the field will likely keep a respectful distance. Uh, but, you know, what do you do with that? All right, Tucker Carlson, I could understand. Uh, in the flesh, I think he's been flirting with Christianity from some of the things I'm reading and some of the things he's saying. And, and, and FYI, uh, be careful with this can go one of two ways. When when you're looking at people that will start talking a little bit about the Bible, they'll mention something about Jesus, they'll, they'll mention God favorably. And if it's somebody that you like, that you support, that you really would be feel great if they were a Christian— Oftentimes you'll go, oh, yeah, I think they're a Christian. That That is not by definition, but certainly could be uh, like a viewpoint bias. That That's not intellectually honest all the time. It's confirmation bias. You want what you want, so you see what you want to see. So so sometimes people will do that. On the, on the other side of that, since I'm on my soapbox, on the other side of that, on the negative side, you can say, well, they, they, they say they're a Christian. They go to church. They, they have a fish in the back of their car. They work in a ministry. They do this. They do that. But, I, you know, they voted for Biden. They liked Obama. Uh, they, 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 they went to their daughter's gay marriage. They're, they're, I don't. There's no way they're a Christian. Okay, there's the other side of it. And that's for all of us. Be very careful. Now, if somebody's um, a, a Muslim, 
I'm going to say you're, they're not a Christian. They're not going to heaven. They reject Jesus as Lord and savior and a few other things. If we wanted to take the time to go into it. Okay. Uh, um, then this might upset some of you, but again, my allegiance is not to your feelings or what you think about me. My allegiance is to the truth of God's word. Uh, so here's a, here's a third real subject for some people. Uh, Mormonism, Mormonism walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, must be a duck, right? Jesus, God, atonement, gospel, salvation, same vocabulary. Here's the problem. Totally different dictionary. So I don't believe people that believe Mormonism, the Book of Mormon, and that's their theology. I do not believe, based on the word of God, relative to what the Book of Mormon says, that they are actually born-again, heaven-bound Christians. They can talk about Jesus, but that's the definition of Jesus for a Mormon is completely different. Same thing as God. And so I'm like, no, that's not biblical Christianity. Hinduism. Not biblical Christianity. Um, Zoroastroism. Take your pick. Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever. Uh, So in those places, I'll say, I'll pound the desk and I'll say, yes, that is not biblical Christianity. But somebody that claims Christianity and they either do this or don't do that. How can you be a Christian if... There's no way that person's a Christian. Oh, I think they're a Christian because they they go to church and and they say they love God. Well, if they're not dropping the J bomb, if they're not talking about Jesus, then at, at least I'm 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 going to reach for a yellow flag. I'm like, yeah, you can talk about God, you love God, and God means a lot to you, but you got to get Jesus in there if you really understand the gospel. Jesus is going to have to show up in this conversation sooner or later. But we have to be very careful. I'm much more careful now than I was 10 years ago and certainly 20 years ago. There's no way that guy's a Christian or he's definitely a Christian. Mm, Be careful. And we have to be willing to apply that to um, politicians like Donald Trump. I'm sure uh, one of you would say uh, Donald Trump is definitely a Christian. And I could easily go find somebody else that said, there's no way Donald Trump's a Christian. I know two members of Congress, one's still in, one's former, both very mature Christian men who I love and trust. And one would say, I think he's a baby Christian. They've had dinner with them. They've spent time with them. I think he's a baby Christian. And the other one would say, "Mm, I I don't think so. So which is it? Well, ultimately, neither one of them knows. I don't know. And you don't know. With somebody that doesn't just flat out reject the gospel. If it's, if it's somebody like Thomas Jefferson, who called himself a Christian, and a lot of other people, including David Barton of Wall Builders, uh, Thomas Jefferson was a Christian because he calls himself a Christian. 68% of Americans call themselves Christians. Do you really think 68% of Americans are born-again, spirit-filled, biblical Christians? They're not because you scratch that surface, which I I like to do with Uber drivers. You scratch that surface. Hey, I'm a Christian. Really, can I ask you an awkward question? I don't mean to offend you, but it's an important question. Sure, go ahead. Uh, Why do you call yourself a Christian? So, so like, what boxes are you checking that you, you would say, I'm a Christian? And, and there you'll quickly find out that there's a whole lot of people that say they're Christians and, and many that actually think they're Christians, but they don't know any better. 
They're ignorant of the scriptures. They've never really been taught. They've never been discipled. They probably went to some uh, mushy, lame Protestant church or uh, a Catholic church that's not going to give you the gospel straight from the scriptures because there's still too much church and tradition in there, and it's unclear. And that's most people in this country, friend. That's most. So I don't even know how I got on this soapbox, but in this particular direction, but we just have to be careful with this. I think maybe because with all my students this week, I have eight in-person classes and um, four, four classes online for nobleuschool.com. And I, I tell them all, and I had several times when I had a bunch of parents in the room, I said, okay, car, I'm going to put all my cards on the table. How, how many of you were raised in the church? And it's almost always every hand. And if there's some kids in there that weren't raised in the church, and I have some, uh, usually there's, they're going to feel so much peer pressure, they'd probably put their hand up. I say, okay, you all say that you're raised in the church. I, I would bet that most of you, if not all of you, would say that you're a Christian. But, I, but statistically speaking, because I've been at this for about 20 years, uh, I actually I think that's highly unlikely that everybody in this room and all of my students, all 224 of them, are actually biblical born-again Christians. That's highly unlikely. And so I'm going to preach the gospel to you. I'm going to share things. I'm going to put things out there. And then I think you should be willing to test your profession of faith. Is it really secure? Do you really, have you really put your faith in Jesus? Or are you just thinking God's a nice guy and you're a decent person. And because you're not Adolf Hitler, you're in. That's what I I would call the ax murderers gospel. I'm going to heaven because I believe in God. Uh, Jesus is just all right with me, just like the Doobie Brothers song. I know there's some good stuff in the Bible. I try to go to church as often as possible. I definitely go on Christmas and Easter. I throw a few bucks in the plate. I'm not a terrible person. So, yeah, I think I'm a Christian. Well, for the most part, you're still in the camp of your average demon. Right? You've heard me do that before. And if you haven't, you should employ this as well. Even the... The demons believe and shudder. Believe what? Do do the demons believe that God is the creator of the universe and control of all things? Yes. Do they believe Jesus is his son, only begotten son? Yes. Do they believe Jesus came to the earth? Do they know why he came to the earth? Yes, they do. Do they know? Do they believe that he was crucified under Pontius Pilate? Yes, they do. Do they know that he came out of the grave? He resurrected. Do they know that? They do. Do they know the Bible is true and accurate and all that it states and teaches? They do. Is this demon a Christian? They believe all that stuff. Man, they've got great theology. Are they Christian? No. Why? Because they refuse to admit their guilt and seek reconciliation and forgiveness. They will not bow the knee. That's what they say to that. So just remember that. Be careful that you're not going to extend the Christian moniker to somebody just because you like them or you voted for them and you want them to be the president. At the same time, Don't deny them the Christian moniker because maybe they're not doing it the same way as you. How much theology do you have to have right to be saved? The answer to that, if you ask the thief on the cross, is not much. Then you've got sanctification, which is a different story. Okay? Sorry, I'm in teacher mode back at it this week at Noble U. This is Steve Noble with the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.